All right, so this is Brandon duetting the video. Now, for everyone aware, uh, we'll, we'll just, let's just play back real quick. Here we go. Yeah. For this sauce, I know it's controversial and some people will think it's burnt, but I've done this technique before and it was in a three Michelin star restaurant. And the thing is, is like, you have to be a trained professional to pull this off. This is an ash sauce. I know exactly what he's doing. It's going to have a flavor profile of the spices and the vegetables that he uses, but it's a common technique in fine dining to change the color of a sauce. And believe me, if when I tell you, it doesn't taste like it looks. And uh, I think this technique is really awesome. They have a lot of cool techniques on the Granda app. You should go check it out. I'm going to tag them below. It's so worth it. I mean, look how cool that looks. And trust me, it doesn't taste burnt. It, it doesn't taste yeah, well, burnt. Oh, my God. Yeah. Are you so getting comments on burnt already? Oh, no, not yet, but I haven't looked. But, um, you know, it's, it's funny because uh, I got to be honest, man. Granda is like my favorite sponsor. I swear to God, I'll make videos. For I them was for just free. about to I, say, I, yo, you're you're already like launching into that Grana shit, yo. That's what's up. Well, here, here's the here's the honest truth, man. I there are like some sponsorship videos, like I'll do them. I'll just do them, like okay. But like I actually wanted to work with Granda since day one. You know what I'm saying? So oh, the wow. fact that they nice. the fact that they reached out to me, like he reached out to me, said, "Hey, we really like your channel." Blah blah blah. I'm like, "Damn, I will make videos for you for free." Because one, I really like the app. I think the app is mm. is like I, I'm a full year. I'm a yearly subscriber, uh, Casey. And like the thing is, mm -hmm. is like I was I already bought the app before they reached out. So I actually use this product because I think what's really cool is and tell me tell me if you agree here. For chefs, like this is an app. It's okay for everybody that's listening. This is an encyclopedia of all the chefs around the world, Michelin level, uh, you know, mm. low level. It doesn't matter. What they do is they post their recipes and their techniques with the video along on this app. And like way back in the day, 10 years ago, we didn't have this. Five years ago, we didn't have this. And yeah. I think it's such a good tool. A good example of that is, is like if I'm looking for new creative ideas, dude, I open this app and I look in. And, uh, you know, there's so many cool techniques and things from other chefs. So that's why I really like working with them because this is specifically for chefs. It's not for anything else. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's not like this Correct. is not your average. This is not your average home cook deal. This is a app for professionals. You can also pull it off at the house. But just saying, I think it's worth it if you're a young culinarian. But I'm so happy to be able to partner with them. It's like, for real, it's awesome. But I want to talk about this sauce because, dude, mm -hmm. I know the first time I saw this sauce, I was like, what the hell is that? Dude, I remember. So this is so let me let me let me take everybody back. So I was working at the Breakers Resort, West Palm Beach, 2009. This was in their fine dining restaurant called La Scalier. Okay? okay. And the chef who was just starting, he just did a tasting. And basically I saw him, I sit here, I sat there and I watched him char eggplants on the stovetop, right? So on the stovetop, literally flame, and he left it. I'm like, hey chef, you want me to flip these for you? He's like, don't touch it. And I'm like, okay, all right, cool. Mm -hmm. Burning it, straight burnt, like black. Mm -hmm. On, I'm like, black. usually yep. you roast them, you know what I'm saying? And uh, and it's funny because like I literally watch him until they're fully tender. Uh, you know, he cooks them until they're fully tender. I'm talking black on the outside, Casey, like black, mm -hmm. like burnt. I know. Then he takes it and he throws it right in the blender, a whole, the whole eggplant, you know, minus the stem. And I'm like, what is this guy? How the freak <laughs> does he think he's gonna get a job? Like, what dude? the fuck? How the hell? He, what there's no way he's gonna get a job here burning this eggplant like this anyway so i'm not gonna lie the curious young cook that i was because obviously he added some other stuff to it so he added roasted garlic and onion and mm. aromatics but the puree the eggplant puree was pitch black like mm. black like our like the the bars above the screen and mm. i was like dude there's no way this tastes good 
And it's crazy because after he did his tasting, he went out to go talk to the chef and the food and beverage manager. Mm. And I just walked by and I stuck my finger in there and just tasted it, right? And I was blown away at mm. how delicious it was. I was like, oh my God, it doesn't taste charred at all. All you taste is a little smokiness. Yeah. And what I realized in that moment was like, oh shit, like this this is an actual technique. And I asked yeah. him about it and he's like, yeah, this is, yeah, this is what you do. And basically you bring the skin so basically, as the skin cooks, basically what happens is, is it gets roasted, it's soft, charred, but then you take it to another step and it's completely incinerated, right? Like mm-hmm. completely charcoalized, right? And I think what's really important is to take in consideration that doesn't give off a flavor profile, so to speak. What it does is it will leave a like kind of like sandy taste if you don't strain it out properly. Mm-hmm. But like I was just blown away by this technique. So so this this dish went on the menu with the with the fish dish, but then I also saw it again when I was at Alinea, and we did a bichotan course with ash, and the nice. halibut was covered in dust, like charcoal mm-hmm. dust, but from vegetables. And I was like, damn, you know, this is such a good technique, but not a lot of people. It's so misunderstood. Now, very. So 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 it's funny because I see, uh, especially in Mexican Mexican cuisine, like this video here where mm-hmm. they will blacken the chilies. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. black, black. And then if you noticed in the in the video, which I thought was really unique, is he made like a, a black tea out of the burnt peppers, and then he used mm-hmm. that to make, to create the sauce. But um, I know people are going to freak out. I can't wait to go re- read the comments. <laughs> I don't think I don't think they're going to freak out. But like it's like, you know how, because I do this, a similar preparation on my black garlic, right? It's not black garlic. I fucking know it. But I'm going for the... I'm going for the black, charcoaly, acidic kind of note that you can't naturally get um, on anything else. Garlic is like the the perfect vessel for it, in my opinion. I've done it with red peppers, but it's still too sweet for me. And I I want to add the sweetness. I don't want it to just be sweet. Uh, And if you try like chiles, then you're messing with a little bit more heat. And I want to add the heat. I don't want it to be there already. But yeah. I I approve of this 100%. So <laughs> I actually yeah. have a couple of people yep. on my channel comment on yours and tag me on it. I'm like, yeah, see, right there. Yeah, this is that's funny. This is some higher cuisine right now. I'm I'm all for it. I'm I'm all about it. Yeah, and, and I think what's though. really cool is in some. I think I saw one comment, and I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna respond because this is gonna be a good one, and I'm gonna I'm gonna clout chase this one. But uh, mm. I think the thing is, is like I think. And I hate to say this because I'm I listen, I'm American. I love I love being American. I'm proud to be American, but we just don't like caramelization on like yeah. foods. You know what I'm saying? So like a good example is when I posted that biscuit video, uh, everybody's like, Oh my god, it's burnt, it's burnt. And I'm like, dude, you're crazy. This is perfect. And yeah, you can honestly admit, like if you go to Paris or Europe, you know, their pastries are darker than us yep. in America. You know what I'm saying? And like people are used people are used to like the Pillsbury Doughboy freaking blonde brownie. Like it's just and I, I just hate to say it like that, but like here's a good example is like when we started a bread program at the restaurant I worked at, you know, the bake the chef used to take it to two hundred and five degrees. Where mm-hmm. um, you know, is you know, and how how am I to question this chef who was the pastry he was the executive pastry chef for the Robuchon group, okay? Yeah. Or, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's like, dude, legit. <laughs> And uh, and it's crazy because, um, you know, that was the first time where he was telling me the color that you want on the bread. And mm-hmm. he's like, it needs to look a little bit darker than you. You know, I'm like, oh, yeah. OK. All right, chef. And then I never I never, ever 
um, you know, let that slip out of my head. So basically every time I'm cooking, whether it's a sourdough or whether it's a French baguette, I always take mm-hmm. it a little bit longer than I would usually um, to mm-hmm. get that color. Yeah. I'm, I'm for it. But like, I think, I think the question is, and I, I wanted to um, get your opinion on it too. Like, I think Americans just don't, can't put it together. We eat barbecue yeah. here like a motherfucker. You know what I'm yeah. saying? That's burnt. That's literally, it's the same process and it's pitch black. Oh my God. You know what? Like, I never thought about that. And they're like, oh my God, it's, it's, it's barbecue. You sme- smoke. I'm like, bitch, it's the same thing, but in yeah. sauce form. You know what I'm saying? You know what? So, uh, yeah, like a brisket. Yeah, like a brisket. Hey, like you know a what? brisket. I, I never thought, like, that is actually a really good point, to be honest. Same thing. Like, the, yeah, when I cooked my brisket, it was just salt and pepper, but it was black on the outside. and uh, But it was yep. absolutely delicious. And there's a taste mm. associated with that. But you know the biggest thing that that um, that I've seen of when I've created this before is everybody – this was this happened in Los Angeles. And um, it was like I had two cooks say, oh, my God, but, chef, this is going to cause cancer. And I'm like, listen, I'm like, listen, man, you can walk down the street and get cancer, right? Like, yeah, yeah. There are so, man, there are so many, like, that is the least of my concerns. But I think, and tell me, and this is what I wanted to come back to, you have to be a trained professional to pull this off. Yeah. Right? Like, it can't be just like, normal. This, this is an advanced technique that I will agree, I agree. Like, I have tried to have cooks recreate it, and it doesn't come out correct. Right. I've given them proper measurements, but you as the chef have to gauge the you have to like play the balance of the sweet, salty, um, savory, smoky Mm -hmm. texture. And like the thing is, is it's not just it's just not a sauce that you can just say, okay, one cup of this, two cloves of roasted garlic, one onion chopped, you know, caramelized. No. Like if you could tell in that in that in that recipe when I the the video that I do edit the the chef is not measuring he is going by taste and there were so taste. many different la- there were so many different layers in that video I mean he started by roasting the spices then grinding them with the mocajete then grinding the the garlic the, the you know the mm. the black paste the onions and then he's adding sauce then he's adding you know and then like you could tell he added some thickener towards the end and something to make it mm. glossy but I think that's also important to note like if you're just a regular old home cook. There's nothing wrong with that, but like I wouldn't attempt to make this at the house without some professional guidance, right? Yeah, this is where the um, this is where the experience shines. Like if you and I were to make it, you know, because there's a different palette to it. Like there, there's definitely there's where you want it, and then there's where we would definitely take it, and that's what people I think that's missing in that preparation. It's not it's not for the faint of heart, in my opinion. It really isn't, because like yeah. if you're you you will just go out of your brain. You're like I have to take this where. How yeah. is it supposed I, to taste? That's, yeah, that's where it gets funny. Yeah, and you, you, you know what's crazy is I've seen a lot of, like, I've seen a lot, like, I don't know, I don't want to sound negative either, but I've seen a lot of, um, you know, cooks at the house, like, trying to pull off techniques that are a little too advanced for them, and what I mm. strongly urge, and I urge this to everybody, like, before you do, like, the molecular cuisine, or before you, like, try to cook sous vide, or before you try to do advanced techniques i think it's really important to learn the basics first the fundamentals yeah what to look for like i can't explain it enough man like when i i remember working at hotel Alera and i would do some advanced shit right like and it would just be me and the sous chefs prepping it out and Mm -hmm. um i remember the cook saying oh i want to learn how to do this and i'm like listen before you even touch nitrogen you need to learn (laughs) how to make ice cream first like i want you to go make a creme anglaise turn it into ice cream and then give me one scoop on a plate 
Like you need to know this technique, right? Like you need to know how to make a proper sorbet without using a refractometer or without using, mm. you know, without using sorbet stabilizer. Like I, Which I will, is very I difficult, will, by the way, for everyone yeah. aware. That's uh, really difficult to, to achieve. Yeah, like like in all honesty, like um, well here while we're talking about like with sorbet, with especially with ripe fruit sorbet, I think what's really important mm -hmm. is you have to measure the sugar. Then you know yeah. exactly you'll know exactly if it freezes or not, right? And 100%. you know that's in in between sixteen and eight eighteen bricks that it'll be a nice consistency. If anything above that, it's not going to freeze. Anything below, it's going to be too icy because of the water content. And so this is this is so important. I try to tell people like, you know. Uh, especially young cooks like you need to learn how to do the basics and the fundamentals first before you dive into advanced techniques like if you don't know mm -hmm. how to make a proper marinara sauce or a proper demi-glace or chicken stock you have no right making this ash sauce like <laughs> <laughs> do you know what i'm saying like do you, hey, agree, do you I agree, agree with that? like i agree I hate, to, I agree I hate to sound like that but it's like but like the thing is is like you know i think it's i think it's really important and a lot of cooks don't they don't want to take in consideration or realize that it's all about fundamentals first. It's all about foundation. Mm -hmm. It's about building your house. You can't just you can't just take two by fours and put them up and call it a good structure. You have to build a foundation. <laughs> you have to build a concrete foundation. And this is the same applies to cooking, man. Because I see so many cooks that want to learn the advanced technique and want to learn how to cook sous vide and like, you know, and, and do all of these, you know, this crazy shit. And I'm like, listen, don't do it, man. Like you need to learn, you need to like here's a here's a prime example. I used to make these uh, transparent potato chips for the salmon mm. dish, right? And uh, and it's funny because uh, uh, shout out to Michael Liger. He just posted it on his uh, TikTok, and, it, and like I was like so I'm so amped up for him. But I could tell that he's inexperienced and that he's never done that technique before. Correct. And he, yeah. here, here's the here's the thing. Um, you know, I dabbled with that technique a lot. So basically, here's the technique for everybody that's listening is you take potato stock, essentially, and you mix it with potato starch, then you dehydrate it and you fry it. And I could tell by the way he did it that he literally just had no idea what he's doing because here's mm. the thing, that potato chip doesn't taste like anything. So what I learned and what I taught my cooks because I served it with the salmon dish is basically you have to roast the potatoes first, roast them hard in the oven. Then mm -hmm. you pour water over them and you make like a potato tea. But by yeah. pouring hot water over these roasted potatoes, a little bit of salt. So you create a flavorful stock of potato mm -hmm. that's kind of dark. Then from there, you strain it off, and then you add the potato starch. Then you dehigh. But here's the thing. You, you, instead of frying in fryer oil, you use clarified butter. And this yeah. brings it to a different dimension, okay? Mm -hmm. And the potato chip actually tastes delicious. You can taste the roasted potato. You can taste the butter from frying. And, uh, and it's funny because... Here's where I took a technique that I learned from. I don't I forgot where it came from. I forgot where it came from, but um, oh, ideas and food or something like that. But from a chef, uh, where I said, okay, this technique is really cool, but it doesn't taste like anything. It just tastes yeah. like, it it's tastes a, blank, it's air. right? Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, so how do we make this delicious? And that's how we make it delicious. So it's funny because that's what separates the home cook from the chef. And I think that's really important. But I remember specifically, and what I wanted to come back to is I remember my one of my garmage cooks was like, hey, chef, you got to teach me how to do this. You got to teach me how to do this, man. This is so cool. I'm like, hey, listen to me. Look at me in the eyes, okay? Go make me some <laughs> potato chips right now. Go grab a potato. Go grab a potato and make me some potato chips. And guess yeah. what? They couldn't, couldn't do, it. do it. Yeah. You know why? That's where it's you tough. know why? Because, 
because they don't they they this is a foundational technique if you ask a cook to go make potato chips they should know how to fucking make potato chips and yeah. here's the thing as a chef i always made sure okay what's the basic technique first then the advanced technique because you're not going to know how to do the advanced technique properly without doing the basic technique properly mm -hmm. so what did he do he didn't rinse the potatoes but he didn't even peel the potatoes okay i'll let that slide the fryer oil was too high Right. There is there is a way to fry potato chips where they're absolutely delicious. And then there's a way to mm -hmm. fuck it up. And listen, we all know there's a lot of chances to fail when you're making potato chips. Right. So, yeah, one, you could you not rinse off the starch. Right. Then you're then you're fucked. Right. If you don't rinse off the starch and potato chips, you're kind of just gummy. Yeah, they'll be they'll be gummy and they won't get like they'll just be too starchy. Yeah. Then, you know, if you add too many potatoes to the fryer at the same time, if the fryer oil is too high, you could you the oil could spill over if you add too many one shot, right? You mm -hmm. could bring the temperature down of the oil. So there's a proper way to do it. You have to put you have to put in a, a few chips at a time, right? You can't just throw in a whole handful filled with water, right? It's like there is a proper technique. You season right when it comes out of the fryer. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. dude, there's like you can you can go down the rabbit hole of making sure the potato chip is perfect. Now, yeah. That is that comes before learning the advanced potato chip technique, and yeah. I, I'll die on that hill, man. Because like, I, I can't, I can't even lie. Like, I'm gonna post this duet video. I was, um, I was not gonna post it yet, but I really do because Casey, when I was growing up as a chef, I worked in a diner for the first year of my culinary career, which was the mm -hmm. worst mistake, but the biggest lesson, the life lesson. And I'll tell you why. It's because I learned so many bad techniques and bad yeah. fucking procedures man just common yeah, practices bad habits. like yeah, yeah and and so now i feel like it's my due diligence to give the chef the young chefs out there no this is not how you do it so here's a, a yeah. few bad habits that i learned that i that that i learned when i was just a young cook that i took over into the professional world and i got hammered for it wiping your hands on the on your apron wiping <laughs> your hands on the apron listen I was taught this. I'm talking like I would prep something and then boom, wipe my hands on my apron. And then like, you go like this. Yeah. Oh my god. Or, or on my chef jacket. Didn't didn't understand the reason Ticks why. Me like, off. I would just follow. I would mimic what the other cooks were doing. Dude, like not wiping down my station, like wiping things on the floor. Um, you know, not working clean and organized. Like these were things mm -hmm. that I learned working as a short order cook when I was 14 years old. And I would ask, like, hey, is this how you do this? Okay, great. And I didn't know any better. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. I just did what I was told. But then it's crazy because then I worked at uh, Macaroni Grill, and believe it or not, they actually do have some standards. And uh, <laughs> I remember the chef was like, hey, you always heat up the pan before you put anything in there. You heat it up. And yeah. I'm like, well, what are you talking about? Well, why do you heat it up? Well, I didn't know this, but at the diner, the freaking guy was, you know, he was just being lazy, right? So he would literally take, take chicken. Let's just, I'm using chicken as an example. Take a raw chicken mm. breast from the fridge, put it into the saute pan, put it on the flame. And then and once it started it to heat up, put put it right in the oven. Right. This is not how you do shit. Didn't even season it. Didn't you? This is not how you do it. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I learned that. Uh, I learned that the hard way at American Grill. I got made fun of, whatever. And, you know, it continued like this for about two to three years until uh, finally I was with a chef that was actually reputable. Right. And uh, yeah. he literally taught me everything from start to finish, the basics. And that's why I think it's really important for people like chefs like me and you to like hey no this is okay you can do it this way but here's the correct way right here yeah. like like uh you know hey this is how you make this but there's also other ways to make it and um you know it just goes back to this video 
And I think a lot of people, and I know, and this is coming from your video as well, the black garlic video where, Mm -hmm. you know, people just don't understand, man. Like, yep. hundred percent. Like I saw that. I was was banking on it. I was banking on it. And it's unfortunate because people are trying to comment and they can't, they can't have an educated conversation with you about the topic because guess what? They have no, like, they're just not educated in Asian cuisine or Japanese Mm -hmm. cuisine or the ramen noodles. Like, yo, there was a time in my life where ramen noodles were at the forefront of my fucking like passion. You know what I'm saying? Like ramen mm-hmm. noodles, like dude, I was so obsessed when I was living in LA and people were like, Hey, what's your favorite ramen? I'm like, dude, you can't ask me that shit. Like, <laughs> do you, do you want do you handmade noodles? Do you want tonkatsu? Do you want miso? Like there is different people that specialize in different things. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And this, like if you want to, re- well, are you looking for ambiance? Are you looking for, you know what I mean? Like, are you looking for yeah. like Japanese speaking only? Like, dude, don't play with me. And hey, you know what? The same thing goes for tacos. There was a part of my life where like tacos were at the fourth. I love tacos. Yo, tacos though. Yeah. Oh my but God. When you're, when you're in Los Angeles, it feels like you're in Mexico though, for real, straight up. Like when you're in LA, like I, I, I'm, I'm, I will argue that I think LA has the best tacos in the United States. I don't care what anybody says. Oh, I you 100%, can, 100% agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, like I listen, I've had tacos here in, in San Francisco and I'm like, listen, no, no, nobody does it better. Like in Los Angeles, man, they got these street carts that just fucking crush it, dude. Like, mm-hmm. uh, but anyway, it's funny because I think still to this day, the best taco that I had was in East Los Angeles. I don't know the, I don't know the, what the, the place was named, but I remember, uh, I had just got to LA and, uh, my wife was pregnant at this time. And, uh, and uh, we were driving around, and it was so funny because it was a little street cart, and you know, mm-hmm. uh, abuelita was making the the tortillas. She had she had her station, and she would pass the warm tortillas over to whoever was next. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm trying to order the tacos, oh, handmade. and like, it, yeah, handmade tortillas, and it was wow. a street cart. And and, and and let me tell you something, man. He would pass me he passed me the tacos as he was making them. You know what I'm saying? You don't get them on a plate. Yeah. So basically Correct. the thing is, is you, you just, you eat them as he hands them to you and that's how he was doing it. So you just keep on getting in line, right? Like you say, Hey, let me get tres tacos de lengua. Right. Like, mm-hmm. and basically he would make them and he'd pass them to you. And I didn't have a plate or anything. It was just like on a, like a piece of parchment. It was crazy, but yeah. it was so delicious. And it was meant to be eaten in the moment. And I totally mm-hmm. got it. But that's to the, to this day, still my favorite taco experience. And, um, mm. I had plenty of tacos, but what I was trying to get at was, you know, you can't ask me what are my favorite tacos in Los Angeles, right? Because it's like, well, what are you looking for? Are you there's three things that you need to specify. Are you looking for handmade tortillas? Because that's gonna that then I have a restaurant for that. If you're looking mm-hmm. for the salsas, okay, great, I have a restaurant for that. If you're looking for the the meat, because there's 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 people that specialize in just grilled meat, or it's people that specialize in just you know, um, oh my god, I freaking just the trompa. What is it? The uh, uh, tacos al pastor. And, oh, yes. you know, there's, yeah. And it's like, it's like, you know, there's people that specialize in it. That's all they do is, you know, that, you know, and it's like, you can't just like pick out one of your favorite. But if like for all over consistency, it's like to, for somebody to have the best sauce, meat and tortillas, it's not, not really, going to get it. You're not going <laughs> to get it. You're not going to get it because like the thing is, is there's so many good tacos. Like um, you can get fresh made tortillas in Los Angeles and, uh, you know, fresh, like fresh. And so it's not really mm-hmm. worth it for people to do it, to set up a station and have one person because you need one person on making tortillas, you know, just and, all day, literally just the tortillas. And, and, I, and I respect the shit out of it, but I totally get it for the, the taco stands that don't want to do it because it's like it is kind of rough. But No, uh, 100% rough. 
Yeah. I mean, we can talk about ramen all day. That's what I'm going to do, essentially. You know, I totally. Yeah, but nobody, but, but like nobody is educated enough to know one. the Mayu sauce. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and it's, and it's kind of sad because it's like, fuck, dude. I like, I'm not going to lie. I thought the same thing when, when I first learned it. This was back in Los Angeles. And mm -hmm. uh, the chef de cuisine at Spago is Japanese, right? And uh, so basically, the first time I saw it, it was, um, you know, he made family meal for everybody, right? So we're eating ramen, and then they, he had the mayu sauce, right? And mm -hmm. I didn't think, I didn't think twice. I just added it, right? Like, and it's funny yeah. because it was delicious. It was fucking delicious. And what people don't realize is the balance of the sauce, the noodles, the texture, the, the color, mm -hmm. the roasted, the smoky, like everything plays a part, and it's not an uncommon sauce. And so, and it's funny because, uh, you know, me and my American people, you know, I thought the same thing, Casey, until I learned. <laughs> And uh, when I watched him make it and uh, yeah, it was crazy, but it's all good, man. And I think that I think what's really important is like we all we it's good for us to create awareness of techniques like this. You know, that's why I wanted to uh, do that video. Mm -hmm. I got one more for you, Brandon. And mm -hmm. I, I sent this over to you earlier and uh, this is more to uh, more Boom. to tick you off and more anything. But however, we're going to watch oh, this video. Real yeah, quick. let's go. Let's get into it. I'm going to I'm going to create the duet. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> So real quick. Go ahead. Okay. That's too much salt. I got a hack for you. Take a potato or a soup like this, quarter it, throw it in the pot, top it up with a little bit of the stock that you use for the soup, let that simmer for like 10 minutes or so. And just like that, the potato will help absorb all that extra salt. And in a few minutes, your soup is going to taste perfect. Now that's a hack. Just like that. Oh just like that. my God. Apparently, just like that. Just bro it's gonna happen just like that <laughs> okay let me tell y'all something don't oh fucking do this okay do not do this okay yeah. i don't know what what the hell you know what this this is the problem man i don't know where this came from or who like what like food dude, network does, that's where it, it comes from make, it doesn't make any sense think about it think about it casey think about it but it and and honestly, it just kind of makes me mad because like the other one was actually a little bit more repulsive. Like at least this guy cut mm -hmm. the potato, but like yeah. who that that potato is never going to cook in ten minutes. Think about 100%. it. One hundred percent. They ain't gonna cook, bro. That mm -hmm. to cook a potato, you need to be at one ninety, bro. Like you have to like. There's so many things, <clears throat> and the fact that he has a chef jacket on, and he's bro. I, I that's what's I, more pissing off than anything. Like I think. Yeah. It's it's. Uh, I have this thing, right? Do you think that they're only doing this because, when I say they, Food Network, because they need to produce content? So for them, they're taking like the tasty hacks, you know, like, because they do like the five minute bullshit hacks and just yeah. like saying, hey, I think we can do this better with our folks. Let's slap on a chef jacket, oh. you know, and just mass produce it. That pisses <sighs> me off to no end. Like, it's, it's just straight yeah. up, it's almost like it hurts my feelings. You know, yeah, like I worked for this yeah. damn title and then on I, fucking TV, they're just bastardizing it, you know? So, so listen, I'm, I'm totally, I'm totally with anybody can create whatever content they want and I have no hate towards them. But what I'm saying is if a cook were to walk into my kitchen and we, he, he oversalted a soup and he put a fucking potato in there, dog, he's gone, <laughs> he's gone, he's gone home, get the fuck out. Bye. And this is the problem <laughs> I see. I see young cooks, they make this mistake. Like if you were to go, okay, here's the thing. And the problem is, is they don't understand because they believe it because it's a food network and the guy's wearing a chef jacket. Yeah. And he's a good chef and blah, blah, blah. No, 
don't fucking do this. If you if you're in a restaurant and you over, I said this on I'll I'll, I'll post this video. I do edit it. I mm. do edit a video like this, and I was explaining this. So here's the corrective action. There is one way you can fix this, and <clears throat> that is to remake the soup, remake like a half batch. Then you take that half batch with no salt and you add it to that soup. But mm-hmm. I wouldn't recommend that. There's another way you can fix it, and that's by remaking it. Start the fuck start over. over. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> it's like Listen, chef, I fucked up. Too salty. I fucked up. Okay, make the soup again. Your guests, your guests deserve better than that, and you have a higher standard than that. Now, if you're yes. cooking at the house and you're cooking for your family, and the soup is a little too salty, I totally get it. Right? Do whatever the fuck you want. I don't care. But if you're in a restaurant environment, or if you're in a, a reputable restaurant, or whatever the case may be, and you're trying to salvage, uh, you know, a ten dollar soup, get the fuck out of here. Get out of here. Yeah. Remake it. Yeah. Remake it. Start over. That's it's that simple. And listen, I'll, I'll die oh, on that hill God. because. There are plenty of cooks out there that don't know the correct way to go about something. And listen, mm-hmm. there have been many times I've oversalted something. Seriously. Like, I've added way yeah. too much salt. And it had to do with pasta all the time. Like, dude, <laughs> I remember telling the uh, I remember telling the saucier, like, hey, you know what I ended up doing, KC? Because we would sacrifice the whole fucking batch. I told him, I said, listen, don't add any more salt to the sauces. Don't add any mm-hmm. more salt. And it was just a test. And the reason why I say that is because... What I realized is you have zero control when the sauce is oversalted, right? So here's a, here's a good example. He would make uh, tomato sauce, and the recipe had one cup of salt. It was for a five-gallon batch. But then for okay. this sauce, for this sauce, we would take it. We would make uh, pizza sauce. We would make TBG, which is tomato, basil, garlic, where we would take uh, garlic, mm-hmm. saute it down with some chili flake, then add the marinara. But then what I realized, the final step, everything would be too salty when you yeah. taste the whole pasta. And it's from reducing that sauce back down and then the cook seasoning mm-hmm. and then the cook. So here's the thing. I was like, okay, well, I need my cooks to learn how to season, but properly. Yeah. And so what I did was I was like, hey, don't add any don't add any salt to the chicken stock. Don't add any salt to the demi-gloss. Don't add any salt to the, the, the marinara. You just make the sauce mm-hmm. really good. And it changed the fucking game because what people, what cooks don't realize is like you're only tasting one piece of the dish. You're not tasting the whole yeah. dish. The whole thing, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and so 100%. what happens? Yeah, what happens is like if you sit down and I, any chefs out there, any sous chefs, if you put a dish on the menu, listen, have somebody else cook it, and you go in the dining room and you sit down and you taste the whole thing. You eat the whole fucking thing. Yes. Don't just when you're walking past and you taste it on the line. Um, I, I think it's different. It's a different experience when you sit down and taste your own food when somebody else makes it. But anyway, mm. what I realized is the 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 pastas were too salty. Like. Because the, the the pasta water was salted, the you know the mm-hmm. sauce was seasoned, the cook seasoning it, the vegetables are seasoned, everything seasoned. Mm-hmm. There's so many different layers, and it was so complicated, and uh, and it was crazy because I was like, okay, hey, listen, this is what we're gonna do. When you um, when you for your pasta water for service, I'm like, dude, remove the salt, just remove the salt. Yeah. I want to test it. And what we realized is we played the game. So yes, we would have salted pasta water, but it was just a small amount. It wasn't. Like we, we realized that it was just way too under season. So we would only yeah. season the pasta water just a little bit. And then um, what we ended up doing, because the thing is, is that the problem that we had was we had the pasta pot and we would just keep adding water to it. Bad idea. And it just keeps, yeah. It just keeps mm-hmm. reducing and it's no bueno. But I'll tell you what, the pasta machine, uh, there's a pasta machine, you know, where the water keeps constantly rotating that has like yeah, six yeah, baskets. Yeah. That's such a better mm-hmm. it's such a better way to do it. So if you have a ramen restaurant or a pasta restaurant, don't waste your time with the big ass rondo. 
get a, get Correct. a pasta machine that you can just it constantly rotates the water because uh you know then thirteen thousand dollars by the way it's oh come on man I, if you know you can get it you can get it for eight you can get it for eight five bro come on you can get it for eight five dog you can get it for eight five it's on my but, uh, list yeah but um yeah and so then we realized that and then we so it was this whole process of like you would think there wasn't so many layers to a you know a spaghetti dish but it was like mm-hmm. yeah there is there is and um you know whether it's whether it's a tomato based garlic spaghetti or whether it's a, a pasta bolognese you know there mm-hmm. is a point where it's all about care it's about yeah the different steps so there are so many people mm-hmm. and this is what's really important for all you chefs out there there is so many people that have their hands on this one dish and then the cook is the one who finishes this dish so you have Correct. the cook blanching the pasta but you have the saucier making the bolognese and then you have mm-hmm. you know somebody else grating the cheese or w- finishing it you know what i'm saying like there's so many different steps that need to happen you have to make sure they all come in to where the guest at the end gets the best result possible and I'll tell you what, man, not salting the marinara sauce made a huge difference because what happened was mm. the cooks were using less. You know what I'm saying? They yeah. were using less because there was a cup of salt in the fucking thing, right? So it's like you go to taste it, and yes, you, it tastes seasoned by itself. But when you add that to a, to a dish, dude, it, you, have, you run the risk. And so it's funny because like, I think this is really important for young chefs and chefs at restaurants um, you know, is to taste the whole dish. Pretend you're the guest. If you come up with the dish... You ha- you train the cook on how to make it, and then you taste it yourself. Don't cook it yourself mm-hmm. and taste it. Have the person who's going to be cooking it most of the time make it. And sometimes they do yeah. better than you, right? Like, 100%. dude, I, I, I would I love the fact of like giving my sous chef some direction, and then basically, and basically they would they would come up with the dish, and then sometimes it wouldn't be awesome for me, but I'd be like, you know what? Let's yeah. let's roll with it because in turn that boosts their confidence. And it's not about me yeah. and what I like. Even though my name's on the menu, Correct. it's really about the guest, right? And and you want the cook and the sous chef to have that ownership. Like, yeah, this is my yeah. fucking dish. And I'm sorry, but like 80% of the menu is geared towards the guest. Then you have 15% of the things like you have to have on the menu. But then that 5%, mm-hmm. bitch, that's ego-driven. That is fucking ego-driven dishes, right? And so, yeah, it's funny. But uh, I don't think yeah. enough people preach about that. Like, I don't... Like I, I'm currently, I don't, I don't want to bash the, the current um, facility I'm working in right now. But like, it should be that way, you know. It should be, let's taste the entire dish of what we made outside because you're not cooking it, right? And yeah. if for some reason, it's better, then we give acknowledgement to the person, right? But like, oftentimes, and you know this, it's just like, I don't know, it's my dish. I I did this. I I created all this blah blah it's all it's all me 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 that's uh such a big red flag man and it's yeah it's off-putting you can only take so much and then you'll you'll get real fed up of it really quick you know what i couldn't agree more and you can you can literally talk to all the chefs that i've worked with and that have worked under me and i i was always inspiring leading by example Mm. and for me that just has to do with bad leadership and you know i'm sorry to say that's a boss that's not a leader and, uh, yeah. you know, unfortunately, listen, so for anybody that's in a situation like this, like my advice to you is like, don't quit just because of your boss. Don't quit because of your, you know, your current situation. The thing mm-hmm. that I try to do the best is try to, uh, you know, look at everything like a partnership. And unfortunately, yeah. listen, Drake, Drake said something that fucking changed my life the other day. He said, <laughs> a mentor once told me, uh, uh, life is like toilet paper. 
you're either on a roll or you're taking shit from a bunch of assholes. And (laughs) yo, I swear to God that. (laughs) And he's like, so here's to being on a roll. And then he just, you know, I think he was accepting award or something, but I could, Mm. I am, you know what? That is such a good comparison. And Mm-hmm. I always, I always um, grew up as a cook, and I, I remember like almost resenting other chefs. Or like a good example, if I was a cook and I was working for a sous chef that was just he was just a piece of shit, you know, just sucked. Yeah. You know, especially my time, my time at Cafe Balloon, I loved that restaurant and I love what I learned. But there was two sous chefs that were just absolutely dickheads. Like, and, <laughs> yeah, and I remember telling one of the sous chefs, I'm like, listen, I'm like, and I'm like, listen, how, like, how does it feel? to you know be giving me shit while you're riding an electric bike to work because you have a drinking problem and you have a, you're fucking 45 oh. years old i was like you're 45 years old and you have a fucking drinking problem you have to ride a fucking electric you're fat as shit like this is what i'm thinking in my head this one I'm, mm. I'm not I didn't, i'm not saying this physically I, 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 yeah i got it but I'm, I'm but i'm like i'm in my head i'm like you know what he's just mad because i'm gonna excel more than him you know what i mean yeah and 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 um and you know it's funny because i never let him get to me i never you know why because guess what look where i'm at and he's still doing the same motherfucking shit like he's still Mm. like do you know what i'm saying and it's and it's funny because like i try to tell everybody like listen this this situation to you is not going to matter in five years you got to go onward and upwards right it's Mm. just like when you find out that the cook next to you is making three dollars more an hour but you're a harder worker (laughs) yeah dog that's that's when it stings that's when it stings bro Dude, that is such a hard conversation to have with a cook that is definitely 100% outperforming like the mm. person that uh, is making more money than him. And I have I hate to say it, but like uh, and tell me if you can agree with this. Do your best to tr- if you're if you want to be a chef, if you want to excel to be a sous chef and in, in, um, a, a chef in the game, don't worry about the hourly amount. It doesn't fucking matter, right? If you whether yeah. you're making 13 or $19 an hour, the difference is is kind of not that big of a deal. It might be a big of a deal for you, but if you look at it from mm. a, uh, a money perspective, yes, it is a lot, but what you should be focusing on is getting up to that manager level, right? Yeah. Get, get up to that sous chef level because then that salary keeps on increasing over time. Um, you know, mm. as a cook, I don't know what the wages are now, but you know, there's only a certain amount. You have a certain budget for cooks, right? Mm-hmm. And then that's it. Now, Here's the thing. You have to focus on you and what you're doing and not worry about anybody else. Like that is the fucking yeah. that is the hardest thing to do because it's like you want to point fingers at everybody pill, else. Bro. Yeah. Such I've a hard s- pill. It's dude, I, I remember I remember specifically uh when I worked at uh Spago in Las Vegas and um one of my one of the cooks was making, you know, he had been there for five plus years and Chef had given uh-huh. him a bump, had given him a bump, you know, twenty five cents here. 30 cents here 50 cents here mm. which i think is cro- a crock of shit dude get a give the guy two dollars man give the guy fucking two dollars man, like fucking fucking bucks, $2, man. man. Like so anyway i had these new cooks start and one of this one of these cooks uh started on garmage and i was paying him 1750 okay to start on okay. garmage and this was back in the That's day nice. like now but the other cook was only making 1450 do you know what i'm saying and okay. he was on he was on saute station you know what I'm saying? He Ooh. knew he knew the grill station. He knew all the stations, bro. He, he literally like a He's junior sous chef. And then he mm. found out that the new cook that was 20 years old was making three dollars more an hour than him, or whatever it was, two fifty. And I remember having this conversation. With him. He's like, he's like, chef, I don't understand what like they. And honestly, they did suck. I hired them, and it was my fault because they did suck. They were just too. They just sucked. They didn't work out for them. It was too yeah. high paced. 
the standard was too high for them. Like they just, it didn't work out. But uh, before I got rid of them, like that conversation having with one of my senior cooks was very difficult because I'm like, listen, I know what you're saying. And he's like, well, I don't understand why I'm not worth more, you know, than yeah. this cook that just started. And I'm like, and he's like, because is it, cu- is it cause of culinary school because they went to school or, you know, and I'm like, no, I'm like, no, it has nothing to do with that. And I'm like, trust me when I tell you, I'm going to do what I can to try to bump you up because you deserve it, you know? Yeah. And it was so funny because I had to have the conversation with my higher ups, like, you know, like, Hey, give the, we need to give this guy $18 an hour. Like he's worth it. Yeah. Like, but he's only making 14 or he's only making, I, think, I forgot what it was, but I'm just using that as a number. Mm. And it's funny because they're like, well, no, we can't do that. And I'm like, well, why not? Like, what is the purpose? Like, well, because he, that's just crazy. Nobody, nobody in their right mind gives a $3 raise, three or $4 raise. And I'm like, okay, we're talking about like $60 a week. I'm like, I will find yeah. that $60 a week. Or we could just give him 36 hours a week opposed to yeah. 42. Oh, instead of 40, and, yep. Yeah. And, and I was like, would you be okay with that? He still gets his benefits and everything. And he's like, well, I see what you mean. I'm like, well, listen, I will find this cook. is He is so valuable to me. And then it's, But it's funny because when it came time to become a sous chef, he didn't want to become a sous chef. And it's because he didn't like bossing oh. people around. Yeah. That's and I rough. find that I find that really big in the Latino community where they they don't want to be leaders. They just want to work. They don't want to like they don't want anything to do with fucking being a sous chef. Mm. And uh, I know he's he's the best cook I've ever seen, though. But um, yeah, it was crazy having that conversation with him, you know, because it's like it's our job to have those tough conversations. And like it's very difficult to put somebody's worth on a dollar amount because if it's up to us, we would pay you whatever we can. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And then you got to play with budgets. Bro, corporate corporate was so fucking cutthroat, man. That's why I hated the politics of it. That that was like the one thing I hated the utmost like when I was running the kitchen. I was just like, why why are we why are we doing this politics shit? Like just yeah. let's reward our our like the the people that actually show up on time every day, that perform well, and mm-hmm. just fucking cut like the other bullshit people that don't just want to be here for a paycheck. You know yeah. what I'm saying? They're like, no, we can't do that, et cetera, et cetera. We have a budget. I'm like, oh, you guys, you're just making this so much harder for everybody else in the kitchen, you know? And oh, front of house too, like that's another, oh, I don't, I don't want to get into yeah. <laughs> different conversation in front of house. Okay. I, I don't want to touch that. But uh, I have, so we watched this movie last, um, obviously we're not going to watch the movie. Um, Brandon, have you heard of this movie called Boiling Point by any chance? I've heard of it. I haven't watched it yet. Bro, I think so. There's, there's only, I don't think there's any movie, uh, in terms of a chef-driven one, that reminds me of a kitchen. Like no matter, I've seen them all. Literally, I've seen them all. Yeah. This is the first one where I was like, I felt like it felt like me. I, I felt like I was there. You know, oh. I felt like that was literally, like what we're going through at the moment. They, they captured that essence of yeah. what we do, and it felt like. I really think you'd you'd really like it, and it's shot in one take, so it's just one solo cam following everybody, and it was, yeah, like they hit every point, literally every point of the kitchen, from front of house to the back, the the sous and the exec fucking going back and forth, the owners coming in, fucking having a convo, blah blah yeah. blah, the dudes having, I don't, oh my god, it was so gripping, it it felt like, it felt like it felt like an extension to me. I was like, oh my god. Thank you. Finally, now yeah, we can finally it see out. it. You know, what as, is it on? As it, what is it on? Boiling I, point. I um, is it I, on Netflix? I did the rent on Amazon. I was on Prime Video, but Boiling Point came out 2021 last year. 
wow. That's all I could say. Wow. It will it, make you feel like you're back in the kitchen. Uh, running. I mean, you know, we're 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 in the kitchen, but <laughs> like. Oh, okay. Is for, it for oh, people? Okay. All right. Yeah. Oh, I've heard of this. All mm-hmm. right. I'm gonna watch. Quite it amazing. I'm gonna watch. So it. my uh, my old sous chef sent it to me because he's not working in a kitchen anymore, and oh, I was okay. watching. I'm like, Sean, this makes me miss you more because I, he was my. He, it felt like me and him on a kitchen, like putting it together, yeah. you know. But like, obviously, we weren't we weren't combative like that. Why? Why is he? They were going. So I mean, he has a kid now, and he just. Yeah. Um, it's not like he wants to retire it. The the whole chef thing, but for him, this one works. So he's. Um, He's not marketing, but he's um, like a like a product um, like distributor. Distributor. He works for a distributor. Okay. Yeah. For restaurants. So he's still yeah. in a restaurant, but he's no longer managing. Yeah. Uh, or I agree. I, you know what, man? I, and I see that more more common. And like, I think that is changing about our industry. Is you know the the hours worked, bro? I used to work seven days a fucking week for no reason. Yeah. Fuck that, yo. Fuck that. So st- I used to feel like the restaurant was mine. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like in in all honesty, it wasn't. I was just getting taken advantage of. You know what I'm saying? And like that's why now, like I push back, man. I'm not fucking working 90 hours a week. No way, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I I, I, I audited my week, and I'm just like, man, I I I gained a really good amount of experience. You know, for all my chefs, my young chefs out there, you like this is how we are bred to work all these hours for no reason. But Mm -hmm. you know what, man? It is not necessary. You need to put proper procedures in place. That's the bottom line. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, like, I mean, right now I work 12 hours, 12 hour days, 12, 14 hour days sometimes, but it's because of COVID and because we have all this bullshit going on. But like, bro, I, I scrunch all my days together. So I'm able to have the maximum amount of time off. And like, the thing mm-hmm. is, is like now my mindset is, is like, listen, if it's my own business, then it's different. Like for yeah. real, you can't expect the own, like the owner can't expect his employees to work as much as him or want to work as much Correct. as him. And, uh, but now, man, it's like, dude, when I I'm when I'm past like 40, 40 hours, like you know, dude, forty I'll go up to forty five, forty six, you know? But that's it, dude. That's, that's it. That's it. Yeah, hard that's cut. It, bro. Hard right. cut, bro. It has to be that way. It has yeah. to be that way. Yeah, because in, in all honesty, when you get your paycheck, this is the document that tells you, okay, you're paid for a forty hour salary. But the mm-hmm. thing is, is I remember like saying like in my my mindset was like, Oh, your salary, so it's not it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many well, if you don't work this much, that means you don't love what you're doing. And um you know, and, and now I have a completely different mindset on that. Like, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. So. No more. No, no, no. We're not, we're not doing 80 hour work weeks no more, bro. No, no, no. no. What, Unless like, it's our what, own. What, yeah. What's, you know, what's like, your, what's your average work week? Uh, 50. I average 48 yeah. to 50, which isn't bad. Yeah, that's, it's like five, yeah. 10 hour days. That's, that's what I'm saying. Me too. Me too. That's look, no, actually mm-hmm. I'm, I'm doing like, you know, like I wish it was a town hour a day, but I have to do 12 hours for now. But, um, it's it's fine because it's like it's totally fine because I would much rather work three days, twelve or three and a half days, you know, at twelve mm-hmm. hour shifts and then have three and a half days off or three days off a week than um you yeah. know and struggle a little bit. But um, you know, it's it's funny because like I just remember being a manager or you know, a salary and just getting more and more work. Right. So yeah, the problem is, is more instead of getting another employee or passing or delegating that, I would just take on more and more yeah. and more. And the problem is, is it would balloon my week out where I remember my wife saying, like, I don't understand why you have to go into work today. Like you're scheduled off. <laughs> what is the reason why you have to go into work? No. And she was yeah. fucking right. She's like, she's like, you, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm like, I'm like, oh, well, you know, 
I just I want to get ahead of the week and blah blah blah. And she's like, no, nah. she's like, it's it's either you have a staffing issue or you you have a time management issue. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you fucking right. You're right. <laughs> you are right. Like if you can't get 100%. your whole job completed within your time at work, something is wrong. You know, yeah. you either have too much or you're not delegating properly or it's the workload is too much or mm-hmm. you just suck at time management. And um, yeah, and it's funny. Those because hurts. It's, Those words hurt. <laughs> they, yeah, but you know what? They made a lot of sense. So and here's the other thing. It's Correct. funny because like uh, my co-pilot, who is also a chef, um, you know, he's just not as he's not as like efficient and like uh, mm. organized as me. So like. The way I work compared to the way he works is just—it's just different, you know what I mean. And uh, yeah. and I feel bad for him sometimes because man, I'd be, dude, it's really like tight, you know what I mean. Like I keep the shit tight, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it makes it kind of difficult. But at the same time, you know you got to level up. That's know? when it's tough. Like if you don't have somebody on the same wave, that's why I'm telling you right now, I miss Sean so much, and I I know he watches the pod, but yeah. like that homie, we're on the same fucking wavelength, my guy. When I say yeah. literally an extension of yourself. It's like a spitting image of you, you know? Yeah. He's taller, too, and much more handsome. I, I hate him for that. But um, <laughs> he he just gets it. He's the same person, you know? And yeah. I can relax. So that's yeah. when it, it was such a joy working with him. But now he's being a bitch is not working in the, <laughs> in the kitchen. You know, I don't blame him, man. I see a lot of people hop out of being a, being a cook, being a chef, being a sous chef. Like, mm. And I got to be honest, it's kind of the same for me. Like, I remember fighting so hard to get to a a sous chef level and then executive mm-hmm. chef level, chef de cuisine level, executive sous chef level. And then it's crazy because once I got there, it wasn't all the, it wasn't what the hype is about. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're like, okay, it's like, cool. Got yeah. the title. Like seriously, I got it. I got it. I got to be honest. Like once I became an executive chef, like I was just like, dude, this sucks. Like I don't like them. Yeah. Like, like I, I'd much rather cook. Like I yeah. want to cook. Like this is what I want to do. I love cooking. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why that's why I like creating videos for the Internet. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, yeah. dude, it's your own shit. You can do whatever you want because you can cook. Yeah. Right. You feel yeah. like you're creating shit yeah, instead of being yeah, pounded yeah. with fucking paperwork. And can I get yeah. my 401k or yeah, can we I, talk about my taxes? Like, fuck off, man. Yeah. So you crazy. Know funny? You know, what's funny. It's uh, that is so true. It's like when you become the executive chef, you're not you're not cooking anymore at all. Zero. Mm-hmm. Zilch. Barely. Like when mm-hmm. you get to cook, it's amazing. And uh, the thing is, is you got to you got to be the lawyer, the therapist, the business owner, like, dude, it's everything. And so the biggest problem that I had, Casey, and I'm sure you can agree with this, is like running the whole fucking business, the food and beverage and not getting a piece, but being held accountable for for it. Yeah, it just I'm sorry. I I can't do it. That is straight up taking advantage like i get it mm-hmm. if you're new to the position and you need to gain the experience i totally get that but man after i mean how long listen how long until you get a piece of the fucking pie you know what i'm saying yeah like like that that shit is just i couldn't fucking do it like and that's where i feel a lot of chefs are being taken advantage of and um you know it's just sad but that's gonna start changing it's like hey, oh 100 like I'll tell, I'll, hey, I'll tell you right now, hey, I'll run this restaurant for you, but I want a piece. I want to be part of yeah. it. Like, mm-hmm. good or bad, profit or not profit. You know, I think mm-hmm. that's what the conversation has to be nowadays. And like, I also feel bad, just as bad for the chefs that have no idea about running a business, where they have these mm-hmm. investors that are willing to put up the money, that don't mm-hmm. understand contracts and yeah. don't understand. Like, and listen, the money's out there. Listen, I've had. I've had four or five restaurant offers and then one just recently. 
And I'm like, listen, you, you ain't fucking playing me. Like, oh, it's going to be your <laughs> restaurant. Listen, listen, this is, this is how fucking people talk. Oh, it's going to be your restaurant. You're the chef owner. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. This is, it's totally yours. And I'm like, I'm like, listen, I understand what you're saying, but at the end of the day, you're still my boss. And that's yeah. not a, you know, like the partnership has to be good, right? It has to be a hands-off partner, silent investor. The problem mm-hmm. is, is these, a lot of these investors, they have money sitting on the sidelines that they need to yeah. use. They have to put it into an asset or else they got to pay taxes on it, right? Like you need to move, like if you have, if mm-hmm. you have a couple mills sitting liquid, like you need to put that into real estate. You have to put it into or tech. something. You have, you have to put it. And I'm not going to lie. The reason why uh, a lot of investors like to invest into restaurants is because it's a long-term investment. You can keep dun- yeah. dumping your money in there. And uh, I think that's really important for chefs to know that, you know, I've seen so many chefs that have been offered a restaurant and then boom, they're like, you know, they're up shit's Creek with no paddle because one, the restaurant's not making money. And now you have an investor telling you, oh, put the margarita on the menu or put the, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, nah, bro. No, nah, you ain't gonna tell me how to cook, man. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's the, uh, that's the like, game we play unless we have our own. And that's the, that's the main yeah. thing. Like Eventually. I gotta be honest, I gotta be honest, Casey. I just recently did a tasting to like stay in the stay in the now. I was so frustrated when I fucking left, like um, because here's the thing with politics. It wasn't good. Like, my, I, I realized like I did what I was told. You know what I'm saying? But the problem that I had oh, is oh, there was oh. everybody wasn't on the same. Nobody was. They weren't aligned. You know what I mean? Like. One person was telling me to do this. One person was telling me to do this. And then there was a part mm. during the tasting where I was just really confused because I'm like, dude, I created this menu for like, I should have just cooked you what guys. I wanted to cook. I should have just cooked what yeah. I wanted to cook. Bottom line. And, um, and it's funny because I'm like, that's what you have to deal with. Like if you want to work in a hotel or if you want to work in a restaurant group, you have to f- play by their rules. And it's like, dude, mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah. No sucks. bueno. Fuck that. Yeah. Wow, sorry. I know I know your food is bomb, so like I'm just like I was well, like interested well, why they were here's here's the thing, it was really good and I'm not gonna lie, like my kitchen is really my kitchen is really nice where I work now. It's it's beautiful, bro. Like it's literally top notch. Mm. Like it's exactly how I'd want it. The thing is the the um the uh tasting that I did was in a kitchen that was like that shit was run down, bro, and it was fucking gross. <laughs> It was so gross, man. Like, 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 literally, the oven hadn't been cleaned in years. You know what I'm saying? Oh wow! There was so much grease caked up on. Dude, the floors have never haven't been cleaned in months. Like, I don't know, man. Like, I, I just and I didn't want to use that as an excuse, but I felt so nasty when I cooked in that kitchen, and I was like, dude, I literally took a half an hour just to clean the surface. Clean. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Can I just explain yeah. something? Like, I I can't stand when it's dirty. Like, mm-hmm. I really can't. Like, especially when you're when you're working like that. Um, so my current owner, and he knows this, my current owner, you know how you flick off the 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 oil into like a bin on the floor, right? To get rid of yeah. the oil on the pan when you're sauteing mm-hmm. shit. Bro, he just throws it like nonchalant towards the, the bin. Then there's fucking oil everywhere. And I'm like, can we just, can we not do that? Wait, and then wait, we'll wait, wait, fucking, wait, wait, wait. So there's, so he pours oil onto the bin on the floor, but doesn't like so pour let's it say, inside? Let's say let's fucking doing scalps, right? You put a little oil and you you flip the scalps, you sear it, and then that extra oil he doesn't want it, so he'll he'll push it down and like flick it towards the bin to get rid of the oil on the floor. 
obviously you want it to go into the bin, but he's just going like really fast and just on the area. So it eventually oh. spills onto the floor. At the end of service, that shit is just, it's like a sea of fucking oil. I can't yeah. stand it. I Hell cannot no. stand it. it that's that's yeah. the chef that's doing that? You didn't tell him? You didn't tell him, huh? No, I, I, there's plenty of conversations. I'm just like, can we, can we switch? Like, can you, can you run front? Like, uh, just get out. I, I don't want you on that side. Yeah. You're just yeah, making yeah. a mess. You're you know, making a like, mess. I don't like stepping on anything while, while I'm cooking or while I'm working. So that's yeah, one of my big peeves. Especially oil. Ooh, yeah, no. Uh, yeah. I remember, no, I remember no, no, working no. at Alinea. It was so funny because uh, we, one dude went down to the basement to grab oil and he didn't realize he was dripping. He grabbed a container that had a tiny hole oh, in the bottom. Oh, no. Yes. And so one, uh, so anyway, so the funny thing is, is all of a sudden I hear chef out of nowhere, who grabbed oil? And I'm like, oh, well, it wasn't me. And then like, it's like, okay, we know who did it. It was, you, you know, and so it was like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we know exactly who did it. But then you lifted up the, so chef came over and lifted up the oil, uh, the oil bin off the station. And like, it was, there was a puddle on the bottom because there was a little tiny hole and he spilled maybe like 20, 21 drops from the oh. from the oil bin all the way upstairs. Dog, Still enough, to, though. We had to scrub the whole fucking stairs. The whole what? Thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he would tell instead, you, fucking. Instead, instead of like, instead of like, okay, hey man, go clean the shit up. Like, no, it was like, okay, come on, you guys, you you don't want to work clean and organized. Boom, like. So I'm like sitting there with the scrub brush. I'm scrubbing the stair. I'm scrubbing like 20 years of grit off the stairs. Like it was, but I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Like I'm like, hey, stop complaining. Let's just do it, and we move on. It's fine. Yeah. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord Jesus. I was a sous chef before I went to Alinea, so I, you know, I did. I wasn't emotional. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm, I think mm, a lot of cooks mm. are so emotional, and it's like, it's like, dude, I, it doesn't matter. Just do it. Just do whatever the fuck. Let him ride his high horse. It's fine. But I remember we cleaned all this <laughs> shit off the steps. You know, I'm I'm wiping it down. And then it's like, I remember like ever since that day, I've always had that like kind of nitpicking thing. If somebody spilled oil on the floor or like, you know, actually, you know what actually is my biggest pet peeve is when mm. somebody spills oil and instead of cleaning it up right then and there, they pour salt all over it. Oh, my God. Yes. Can we? Oh, my God. My old company. There was these three cooks. They're on a fryer station because uh, we do a lot of fried, you know, fried fish yeah. and shit. And they're like, oh, it's fine. Poor salt. I'm like, I swear to God, if I catch you doing that, I will send you guys home. I don't care how busy it is. I will Dude. do this myself. Do not fucking do that. Do not. Yeah. For the life of you, don't do that. Please. Dude, I fucking hate that. I remember somebody forgot to close the fryer at work. Somebody forgot to close the fryer. They pour oil into it. It co- starts coming out the bottom, right? Oh, and man. Immediately. I've done that, Immediately, actually. he closes the thing, and then he pours salt all over the fucking, all over the fucking thing, right? And I'm like, why did you do? I'm like, listen, I'm like, chef, come on, let me show you. Just clean the shit up properly. Like, why did you do that? Like, you know what I'm saying? And, and then it's the thing is, is you spend more time trying to get the salt off the floor than the yeah. original. Like, listen, for everybody that's out there, this is the proper way to clean up an oil spill. Okay, paper towels or towels, you get all of the oil off. Then you go grab a scrub bucket with soap and water. You scrub mm-hmm. the oil with the soap and water. Dawn preferably is the best. Then from there, you re-wipe it up and then put it, you know, then go about your day. Air dry and move mm-hmm. on. Make sure you get all the oil. And that's it. Do not put a half a box of salt on there. That is, a, that is fucking counterintuitive. You know what I'm saying? It's so like, stupid. Dude, 
Yeah, I hate that, man. Because, you know, salt doesn't really go away unless you add water. Like, mm-hmm. and you're just adding an extra layer, but I just, oof, dude, that, that'll put me <laughs> Anyway, PTSD Casey, I know we got to wrap, wrap it up. We got to wrap it up here. Yeah, we do. But, uh, um, you know, that's you know what it. I realized? That's all... the, the lighting looked pretty good uh, in mine uh, with the, when the sun, came mm-hmm. out, the sun came out in those windows. So it looks, actually looks pretty it's good. It's very nice. Yeah. It is very nice. I did that I'm, on purpose. I'm trying to keep yeah, a dark I... profile here. No, that's just... okay. <laughs> that's okay. I'm not going to lie. I, the set, the automatic settings on the, the ZV-E10 are actually pretty... You, it's a point-and-shoot camera. They're phenomenal. And yeah. it, I'm not going to lie. I, I'm not going to lie. I am so against auto, but I will argue that I tested it. So I went straight, I went straight from my house, which is a setting, straight to sunlight. And I'm watching mm-hmm. the aperture change and the, you know, the shutter, fr- shutter change. And I'm watching mm-hmm. the ISO change. And I'm like, wow. Okay. So I went straight. So if I were to do that with my, my A7 III, I would have to change all the settings. If I were to go outside, yeah, dog, I have to close the lens to like fucking 5.6. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? With the ZVA10, I will, I will argue that the, the automatic settings are pretty legit for shooting yeah. point. So I 100%. I mean, I, don't, I only have the A6000. It's on auto wide balance. And yeah, auto, I, have, um, I have the A6000 too. I like that camera. I love that camera. It takes great photos. I love it. Love yeah. it. I mean, I'm just using it as a streaming camera for now, but mm-hmm. eventually. But that is that is the end of our podcast. Nothing too crazy. Any other controversial stuff you guys want us to cover? 100 yeah. percent, like medium rare chicken. Let's go for it. Um, burnt burnt stuff. Um, I'm here for it. Let's let's fight. You know, let's yeah. let's go right into it. I'm I'm more than happy to to yeah. um, to explain why that process is like that. But yeah, man. Other than that, though, we out. Yeah.